Welcome to Mind Your Mind. Mind Your Mind podcast is for busy people like you who want to enjoy life and free up their time and emotional space by learning valuable tools for self-care and mindfulness. Our weekly topics are filled with compelling discussions and practical solutions to increase your productivity and healthy living. I'm your host, Joseph Tropper, and I'm honored to have you here with me today. Hello and welcome to episode 45, Normal versus Abnormal, Fears and Anxiety. I have two specific objectives in this uh, episode. I'm always looking to help people gain coping skills, and I think that there will be a number of coping skills. Just understanding what fears and anxiety are and how they manifest themselves, uh, you will learn some skills to be able to keep our regular anxieties and our abnormal anxieties in check. And the second objective is just to give you a global view from a a developmental and emotional uh, perspective on how anxiety works. And what I mean by that is that taking a um, evolutionary psychology perspective, and this this is not a religious thing, whether you believe in evolution or not. I've spoken about this many times. Evolution just means how we evolve as humans, how we learn things. So, for example, when uh, your mother tells you not to touch the flame, on the stove and you do and you burn your hand well you evolve with the knowledge that it burns and if you do that a couple times maybe once twice or three times um, eventually you'll stop doing it because it hurts uh, as you get old enough to have that understanding of consequence so um, or fear for that matter when you're really young and so I believe that if we look at the developmental stage of how um, fears and anxieties develop in children um, which is usually not something that us as adults who are listening to this um, are have share those same fears so we could objectively see that just like children develop and learn fears and learn how to cope, we could also uh, borrow those. So, so let me let me explain what I mean. So for example, look at an infant. Um, so they start to grow up and they begin to learn familiar faces, their parents, their siblings, their caretakers versus unfamiliar faces. And they develop what's called stranger anxiety. So basically, they get clingy, they cry when a stranger approaches or when they see someone. And it develops at around age seven months to nine months. At that time, they have facial recognition um, and an understanding of their awareness. And this is something that it's a developmental stage. It usually outgrows by around the first year. Now, we understand that for a kid, it's very reasonable. It's it's evolved and it's there in order to protect them. And because their caretaker is taking care of them and they want to make sure that their caretaker will be there for them. Um, and as they resolve it, they recognize and they learn to soothe themselves and understand that other people are also safe and the world can be a safe place. Now, two points here. One of them is that when we look at that scenario, so a lot of um, social anxiety perhaps is thought to stem even from from this dynamic, that th- this fear of strangers, this fear of other people, this fear of uh, being in a social environment and not getting our needs met could st- still be there. And so one of the things that we could do to help ourselves in social situations is to set a limit. You know, I'm going to be in this social environment for an hour and um, take off the pressure from yourself about how much you have to talk versus not talk because no one really cares as long as you're listening a little bit and being friendly. Um, There's always things to talk about and there's always things to listen to. And uh, we've talked about this. You could look at the, listen to the Dale Carnegie series on how to make other people feel good. And uh, that'll definitely teach you some ways to start a conversation at a party when you're feeling a little awkward. Um, and just kind of telling yourself, I'm going to be safe and it's going to be a limited amount of time and I'm going to be okay. And you could develop out of that and really work on that. Um, the second point is that, you know, imagine if a infant is in a unsafe environment where people remain unsafe 
throughout their entire um, upbringing. So that does really have an impact on a person. Just something to think about. Um, next, in early childhood, you're going to have healthy attachments begin to form between the parents, uh, teachers, other people. So separation anxiety, um, you know, starts starts showing itself. That's different than stranger anxiety, which is fear of other people. But separation anxiety is when a kid starts crying, they show sadness and they're afraid of being deserted or maybe daddy will never come back. Don't leave me here. Maybe mommy is going to forget me here. So that comes out about a year old and it improves over the next three years. Different kids have different bouts with it. Um, usually by the end of kindergarten, kids have really totally, they understand very clearly mommy and daddy are always going to pick you up. The caretaker will always pick you up. Uh, you'll, you'll be home. But, you know, again, what's going on is that in the kids' world, it's starting to expand and they start to fear certain new and unfamiliar situations um, because of real or imagined dangers that are coming their way. Like there might be a big dog or a spider or a shadow or a monster under their bed. And these fears are not unfounded as a child learns and becomes more intelligent, uh, you know, as they learn that there are things to be scared of. And as we always say, uh, the smarter you are, the more fears you have. And these are just healthy developmental things. In elementary school, what we see a lot of is that the kids have access to new information and they're learning about things. And they're learning about real world dangers like fires, burglars, storms, illness, drugs. And this becomes a very, very big fear for them. And they want, they have a lot of questions. Um, is this safe? Is this, is this not safe? Is this okay? What if I do this? What if I go there? And this is a very, very normal developmental thing. Now, imagine a kid who unfortunately grows up in a war zone and actually has fear of going outside and maybe has a classmate or someone that was killed due to violence or war or other things. So again, these things would have an impact on a child. Um, but in a normal developmental process, what I'm trying to show you is that it's very normal for your children to have certain fears. When it becomes impairing and they can't function or it stops them from being able to have a social life or go out or do other things, then of course that's a time to get help and support for them. Um, and same thing with, with ourselves. If we understand that a little bit of anxiety is normal. Remember, anxiety is the number one health concern at about 20% of the population suffering from some issue of, of uh, anxiety. It, it's a very, very normal thing. It's the number one mental health issue um, in the world. Um, that being said, there's different levels of how debilitating it is. But just that awareness that it's very normal for children to develop these fears. And as they start taking risks and get experience, they see that they're not in imminent danger and that these things are really just remote fears. And they really start to develop uh, in their ability to trust other people. In middle school, if you think back, for some of us, it's been a long time ago. So there's a certain importance of social status um, that leads to social comparisons and worries about social acceptance. Um, sometimes uh, there are concerns about academic or athletic performance and also social group identification. These are all normal things that kids go through as they mature and get older and realize what is important, what isn't important, and kind of find themselves. These are all normal. Again, if <clears throat> your child is experiencing something like this and it's out of hand where it's causing severe impairment, that's a different story and I, I certainly would seek out help. But it's just fascinating to see how these things develop. Um, in high school and beyond, which is really interesting way of defining things, but uh, teenagers start to be focused on social acceptance, but they start to, little, to focus on groups and meaning, um, my identity, who I am, uh, gender roles, sexual roles, um, emotional roles, spiritual roles, religious roles, um, societal roles, and they start to think about the larger world a little bit, like moral values and uh, fears about future success, how do I know I'll be successful or not? And then when they 
uh, go into college and or the working force, um, things uh, things start to change as well, where, where there's a lot of fears of, will I make it? Will I be successful? So in all stages in life, there's always things that people are anxious about. And what I always say is that anxiety is a natural reaction, but sometimes in unnatural proportion. And if we work to adapt a one day at a time, one moment at a time attitude, which is part partially mindfulness and partially just a coping skill, uh, then things become a lot more manageable. We just slow things down. We don't have to be rushing all the time. There's a big rush. The world's in a rush. Everybody's running. But just slow it down. Take it slow. Acknowledge that it's very normal to have fears in all different stages in life. Just like no one would judge a kid, well, at least I would hope not, for having separation anxiety or having stranger anxiety. Uh, no one would judge a kid for being afraid of spiders or monsters. Yeah, it's true. You might want to, as a parent, you might want to focus on showing them you know, the bed is safe and lifting up the covers and there's no monster down there. Um, but ultimately, these are things that in a normal, healthy environment or with support from a therapist or someone else, a mentor, uh, the child will outgrow it. And so, too, with us, when we look at things that are developmentally appropriate, these are normal feel- fears. And you need to validate yourself and say, this is a normal and healthy fear. And then give yourself some time just to process it and get familiar with it. And naturally, as we become familiar with things, a lot of these things go away and they resolve on their own. If, if they don't, then seek out some help and get some extra support. Nothing wrong with it. Um talked about anxiety a number of times in the past. I've talked about medication management for anxiety, which, um, you know, is a very, very sensitive topic as well. You could listen to that. Um, I hope that this was helpful for you. And I hope that when we look at the developmental or evolutionary psychology approach towards anxiety, it helps us be more compassionate towards ourselves and towards our loved ones. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to mind your mind. For more practical ideas and to make sure you never miss an episode, visit us at mindyourmindonline.com.